What's up, guys? David Correa with All Access Pass Podcast and Photo Pit Media. Today, I have a very special guest on the show. He's a good friend of mine, Zach Strauss, or as I like to call him, Zachy Poo. And Zach uh, is a, I hate to call him a local photographer, but he is a local to Maryland photographer, videographer extraordinaire. This guy has been in the pit with me countless times. Him and I kind of float around each other like two majestic butterflies, and he's a absolute joy to be around. Um, once again, he's a great photographer, an even better videographer. He is highly sought after, and he definitely, definitely knows his stuff. So I feel very privileged to have him on the show, and I hope that you enjoy the interview Please remember to subscribe to the podcast if this is your first time hearing us. And please give us a call at my phone number, 443-977-4680. That's 443-977-4680. Guys, I thank you so much for tuning into the show, and I hope you enjoy the podcast with Zach Strauss. All right, guys, so today on the podcast, we have Zach Strauss of Positive Vibe Media. How are you doing today, buddy? Good, good. How you doing, man? Uh, awesome. Dude, I am uh, super stoked to have you on the show. Um, I've been following your work for, uh, what, maybe a year and a half now? Two years, something like that? And uh, you never, never cease to amaze me with what you, uh, you know, get coming out of that camera. Man, that means so much to me. You have no idea. <laughs> um. So, uh, so I guess, tell us a little bit about yourself first, um, like a little bit of your background with photography, videography. Um, well, let's actually, let's start with this. You know what, for anyone who does not know, for anyone who does live under a rock, positive vibe media is probably hands down the number one photography, videography, uh, service, um, in the state of Maryland and surrounding areas. Um, Zach has really built an awesome name for himself in the industry. He has a lot of very big bands coming through that are requesting his services. Um, he's able to shoot shows for them, do music videos, um, do live videography. Um, this guy is cream of the crop legit. And, um, so that's, that's a little bit about kind of a sneak peek of what we're getting into. Now let's talk a little bit about you, how you got started um you know all that good stuff man talking me up um <laughs> that's the truth man there. thanks man i appreciate it but uh yeah I, I got into video and stuff i really started back in high school with video i was in uh fbla and if, for those of you who don't know what that is that's uh future business leaders of america and i came in second in the state for that i honestly don't even remember what the video was on because i really did not take it seriously back then and uh when i first went to college i was going to be going to be a teacher and um i really didn't see video going anywhere or and photography really wasn't my thing at first it was video and then um when i was in college i originally was going to be a teacher um through a bunch of stuff ended up switching my major to media production where i got really involved and doing a lot more like documentary type stuff and the classes there taught me some studio work and things of that nature um but yeah, I mean, the school I went to, I went to Salisbury University. I did the media production program there, and it really wasn't up to date. I didn't even touch a DSLR camera until 
I was graduating from college and I got that as a graduation gift, a uh, Canon 70D. And um, good camera. It kind of built from there. Like I had some uh, friends that were in the industry that were freelancing and I really didn't even know where to start. Like I didn't see myself freelancing coming out of college. Um, I kind of saw myself just getting a job full time doing that whole thing, but uh, it didn't really work out like that. I started freelancing with one of my buddies who kind of showed me the ropes. I started my Instagram account, my Facebook page. He I, and I started learning a lot of stuff on YouTube. I still learn stuff on YouTube. That's one of the biggest things I could probably advise anybody on is uh, if you want to get in this industry, learn some stuff on YouTube because no one else is really going to take the time to teach you everything. Um, and literally every tutorial is on YouTube. You can find anything you need to find. But um, yeah, from there, started working with my buddy. Um, started doing a lot of like corporate interviews, some real estate stuff, uh, started doing weddings. And then, uh, I mean, he kind of let me branch out from there and started selling, I started selling my own weddings, you know, cause once you start working on somebody else, you started to build a portfolio, can use that to sell to uh, other people. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how it started. It was real, like not steady. I mean, it's still necessarily not steady. I've been making it work. I'm going four years right now. I've gotten by the last three years doing it, but, um, it's definitely not the most steady job there is. You're going to have to keep hustling, keep finding work. People that come into the industry thinking they're going to start making money right away, um, I think you're wrong. You're going to have to do some free work and some cheap work at first to build that portfolio up and get your networking base and kind of get your foundation started. But then uh, as you kind of grow your reach and meet more people and people start reaching out to you, you can start to ask for money, start raising your prices a little bit, and then you kind of build yourself as a brand or like a notoriable like business on the scene you know sure absolutely yeah very uh very well said i think that kind of uh at least from what i know of you that kind of sums everything up as far as um you know what you got going on right now so that's awesome man yeah i was trying to sum it up i could probably ramble and go back and forth to that kind of stuff so there's, there's been a lot of stuff i've done to get where i'm at and just networking wise you jump around and meet you start to meet a ton of people as you start to get out there and do this kind of stuff. So it's really cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, by all means talk about that. Cause you know, I'd like people to, uh, I guess, take away <laughs> is, um, <laughs> is just, you know, what it takes to do what you do. You know what I mean? Like it was not an overnight thing for you. Um, like you said, you've been going at this for four years now. Um, sure. There've been a lot of ups and a lot of downs. You've learned some things along the way. And you know, that networking thing is, uh, you know, a huge part of it. I mean, I can definitely attest to that for sure. Oh yeah. Networking is everything. Um, you definitely can't be scared to put yourself out there. You could, you can be the best photographer, videographer, musician, anything, but if you can't market yourself and you're scared, too scared to put yourself out there, no one's going to ever going to find you or know what you do or are even capable of. So don't be scared to put yourself out there by all means. I still, I'm posting on Instagram constantly. I mean, my thing is like, I don't care if people get annoyed with it. Like you, you don't remember an advertisement or a business until you see that brand multiple times over and over and over again. You got to remember people are so flooded on their social medias nowadays with so many different small businesses and all that stuff. And so much like just marketing, that's all we're pretty much fed on our social media anymore is marketing that like, if you don't put yourself out there constantly, no one's ever going to remember you or know what you do. That's the truth. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And don't get me wrong. I, at the end of the day, like I have to be on social media for this stuff, but I kind of hate social media. It's, it's, 
it's just a, it's a distraction. It gets you to like compare yourself to other people, even though we all know this, but we all get caught up doing that is comparing ourselves to everybody else and what everybody else is doing. But you got to realize that's all highlight highlight reel all the time and don't like get down because of that stuff, you know? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, <laughs> I find myself uh, in that boat all the time, uh, especially looking at your projects that, uh, that you're putting out with video. Um, you know, obviously I shoot, a majority photo um but uh but even even photos i i look uh i look at your pictures and i'm like man that i i really need to step my game up like this guy is really killing the market right now and um you know but then i have to take a step back a little bit and kind of see that um you know you have a completely different style than i do and every photographer needs to remember that and every videographer needs to remember that that it's not one style um that that kind of kills the market you know what i mean absolutely like i mean there's been multiple projects that i've worked on or like little videos i've worked just like personally that i've worked on that i want like i plan on putting out on my instagram just like personally or whatever i end up not putting out because i don't think it's good enough or anything like that and i definitely did that a lot in the past but i've really gotten past that now it's like i just you just got to put it out there i don't know if you know who gary v is gary vaynerchuk he's like oh, absolutely yeah and That's i think most man. people I think most people, if they're listening to a podcast, that they probably know who Gary Vee is, too. What Gary Vee always said is, like, just put your stuff out there. Like, who cares what people think? Just do it. The, the people at least see your progression and, like, see where you started. Sure. Absolutely. And that's actually a perfect segue. Um, you know, when I go back and look at the beginning of the Positive Vibe Media Instagram, um, I see some some pretty good pictures. Um, I definitely see the beginning of some marketing things that you started to work on. Yeah. And then the, the most important thing is as I'm scrolling up the timeline here, um, you know, I see a steady progression and everything just keeps getting better and better as you scroll, you know, through this, uh, this Instagram profile, especially, Thank um, you. and, uh, I could be kind of stepping out of line here. But it looks like, according to your Instagram profile, it would be kind of a toss-up between Pasadena and Bumpin' Uglies being your kind of big break into the music side of things. Would that um, be uh, correct? Yeah, I'd say like Bumpin' Uglies and Pasadena are like the two uh, bigger bands I got in with first. Um, Higher Education was really the band that I became real tight with, and they became like really like family to me. I went on tour with them and uh just did a music videos some interview style stuff with them and uh people really liked it other bands really seemed to like it and other bands started reaching out to me um especially like local ones smaller ones that needed some marketing and advertising like bump and uglies now is they're at the point where they're so big that they're not really in the need for marketing videos like people are willing to do that stuff for them for free essentially you know but um but yeah like bump and uglies past you know like two of the bigger ones um but higher education man Going on tour with them opened me up to like some out of state bands that got to know of me, started sharing my stuff. And I got to like some of their fans now, like follow my page and comment constantly. It's pretty cool. Like, I don't have like a popping page where people are posting on it all the time, like these, like uh, the trending pages do. But I mean, it's growing right now. I mean, it's all, it's all uh, DIY, you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the way to run it, honestly. Like, I haven't paid for like any followers, I haven't paid for any of that stuff. Like, it's all DIY and earning one fan at a time and working with each band separately, you know? 
Well, that's really the way to do it because people can see through the bullshit. You know, people can can look at your profile and see that you have twenty thousand fans and only twenty likes on a profile. That's not yeah. You know, so that's yeah. that's the way to do it, man. Um. So just because I had no idea, um, like I said, I'm looking at your Instagram right now. Um, I brought up Bumpin' Uglies in Pasadena because I had no idea that you were involved in these projects. Um, so what, uh, uh, what was that Bumpin' Uglies? You did their music video, I assume, in front of the Key Bridge? Yeah, we actually did that. So that was, yeah, that was actually one of the first things I really did that was big in the scene. It was the Pasadena music video first. And the way I found that job was because I was I was fresh out of college then, and uh, I was just looking online all the time and like Facebook groups uh, that had to do with videographers and things like that for just jobs or any gigs I could just get on to like gain experience and get on set. And uh, I saw a post for somebody looking for a videographer Pasadena music video, and it was uh, this guy Matt, um, and his company was Stage Twenty Media. And uh, we did that music video, and then um, we did another one for Bump and Ugly. Well, that was Peace to My Enemies. That was a song from Pasadena. And then we did um, uh, Stop the Fall by Bump and Uglies. And then that's when I started, like, getting into the scene. We started doing some live concert footage and stuff like that. I started meeting a lot, a lot of other bands, and that's when I really started chilling with higher education and things of that nature. Um, but, yeah, that's how I got did that music video with Pasadena, was finding him on a uh, Facebook group. So really... If someone's trying to get in the, for anybody that's trying to get in this industry, don't social media is a great way to meet people, meet somebody with similar interests, find somebody to work with and just do it. Get involved. A hundred percent true. Absolutely. And uh, just to kind of uh, uh, continue the conversation with Pasadena and Bump and Uglies, two great American, uh, American, America, uh, two great <laughs> Uh, Maryland bands, um, Pasadena, unfortunately not still around, but Joey Harkham still out there doing his thing with his, uh, solo project and, yeah. uh, you know, bumping uglies, uh, you know, bigger and better than ever right now. Um, and you know, of course we cannot forget higher education. Those guys, um, they have such a presence about them. They're the coolest group of guys. So nice. So accommodating yeah. to their fans. And, um, the Edheads are they're a fierce group. <laughs> they're a bunch oh, yeah. of really good fans for sure. Higher has got so much music out and su such good music too. Like anybody that doesn't know them, definitely check them out. Absolutely. Great guys. Great music. Everything. Um, so yeah, I'm going up the, uh, going up the list here. Um, seeing some weddings, which is awesome. Um, that's one thing that I've always, uh, tried to get into a little more on my, um, kind of lifestyle photography side. Um, oh, yeah. trying to get into weddings and looks like you're, uh, you're doing a hell of a job on that. How, how did you get into weddings? Uh, I got into weddings, uh, with the same kid that, uh, so I'll just say his company, Chris Blackard was actually my roommate in college and he has a company called outer loop media. And that was who I really started working with when I first got out of college, he brought me on and did some weddings. I was just a second shooter. And then I uh, got to the point where he kind of let me edit <clears throat> some of the weddings and he just touched them up and sent them off to the couples. And then uh, I finally just kind of started doing them on my own. And the first wedding I did on my own under my company, I literally did for a $50 gift card. So that's great. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you got to build up your portfolio somehow, you know? And then um, I slowly started doing more and more weddings, like having that portfolio from my, from the, uh, my buddy's company. I would just post them on Instagram. Kind of, I, I did a couple boosted ads, you know? Um, sure. 
those, those helped. I'm on uh, weddingwire.com as well, which is you got to pay yearly for, but that really helps to get uh, at least a lot of leads. Um, but uh, yeah, weddings like just slowly started raising my prices. I started getting more and more inquiries and uh, I've got some booked for 2020 already. And it's just crazy how it's like built over the years. Cause looking back, man, I had no idea. Like I'd even be freelancing or be able to sell my own job. Like I remember that's like thinking like, man, if I could just sell my first thousand dollar job, I'll be happy. And then I did that. I'm like, well, shoot. Now I want to sell a $2,000 job. You know, it's, you're never going to be satisfied with like this stuff. And that's what I'm slowly finding out is like, you're never going to be satisfied with it. You're always going to have more goals and more ambitions and you just got to be patient with it. That's the biggest thing. And I'm one of the most least patient people there is. <laughs> and it's like frustrating because you. you see, because you see it on Instagram, you see some of the people that do like, it seems like they at least make it overnight and you know, that's not true, but like you see all these people that seem like they're making it and it is hard not to compare yourself to it, but. Sure. Absolutely. But you know, the, the one thing that I've always admired about you is that, um, you don't, you don't, uh, stick in, in, in one group of friends, <laughs> if you will, like, you know, you do the wedding photography and videography, you do the concert photography, videography, um, you know, you do real estate photography, um, and in some aerial footage, you, you, you know, that, that in and of itself, drone footage is such a, um, is such a market that's untapped, especially in this area, in the, in the Maryland, Delaware, Virginia area. Um, oh, you know, like you don't, you don't stay inside the box, you know, and you're so proficient about everything that you're doing. You know, like when you look at your real estate photography, it's clean. The lines are perfect. You know, the, you know, you capture the colors when you look at the aerial footage, it's always, you know, shot framed correctly. Everything is great. Um, the commercial shoots that you've done have always been, uh, so personable, you know, on a, on such a professional level, the, uh, you know, the concert photography, obviously that, that kind of goes without saying, I'm sure anybody who's listening to this probably knows you best from the concert photography and videography. Um, but you know, the music videos, like you're, you're so multifunctional in this world. And I think that's one of the things that really sets you apart from, you know, other people, you know, such as myself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the biggest quotes that I took from one of my teachers was, uh, luck doesn't exist is about being prepared for the opportunity when it comes. And I just took that to heart and really wanted to be, versatile and like what I could do with the camera and um video was like what I got into first and I was like I need to get I need to have my photography on the same level as my video or if not at least close so I really took uh probably within the last two years really try to take my photography up to the next level as well and uh I think it's working so yeah absolutely man it's great it's absolutely great man um so tell me a little bit about like these commercial shoots that you do um you know, there's a lot of, uh, are, are they ads or like ad campaigns or, or what are you doing with these? I haven't been doing much commercial in the last year. That was, I was doing a lot more marketing interviews and like, honestly, boring, uh, type videos. <laughs> at first. Um, but, uh, I, I like, I like the documentary style videos a lot. I like when I can just share somebody's stories on like an authentic level rather than the, some of the marketing videos you're 
coaching, you have to like help these people say what they're saying. They have exact lines they want to hit because they don't want to like portray the wrong vision of their company. But like, I don't know. Nowadays, like I think people like more authentic and want to buy from more authentic companies that they can relate to actually know what's going on, you know? And sure. uh, those are the kind of companies I wanted to start working with. I really haven't been doing too much commercial work though. Uh, as of late, to be honest, um, there is one company I work with, uh, Generosity Global. It's a nonprofit around here. I do uh, commercial commercials for them. I do like ads for their uh, mission ball every year. I do the highlights for that. Um, and there's some, been some other just like small business owners that want to share their story and things like that. I've done that for. But um, at first, yeah, there was a lot. We were I was down in uh, Northern Virginia actually a lot working um, with my buddy from college and this other older guy who was in his 40s who'd been doing it for years. And uh, he taught us a lot too, but mainly on like the business side on like how to invoice people, how to write contracts and stuff like that. But um, All very important things. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, that's that's like all like the commercial work I really do. I want to get more into it. Just it's hard. I got to pay for some networking events. I used to go to like, um, I don't know if you know, like uh, Mid-Atlantic Networking Group. I used to do some of those and BNI, which is a uh, um, business networking international. But uh, I kind of stopped going to those after like a year in. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, but uh, real estate music and then weddings are like the three main things that i've been doing yeah and of course uh the weddings are probably the uh the major income for you yeah i would say weddings definitely are the <clears throat> best paying they're uh they're also the ones that have the most pressure on you though because you can't mess up a wedding oh sure yeah i mean um the photography side of weddings is is already hard enough i uh i can't imagine trying to put together a highlight video for for someone's big day that's just that's crazy. Oh, yeah. And I catch I catch the whole ceremony. I catch all the introductions, the special dances at the reception. So I give them I give them all of that stuff. But um, yeah, I mean you gotta at the weddings I gotta pay attention to getting all the sound and catching everything on video from two angles. I got I put one uh, camera on a tripod and I will walk around with one cam camera on a stabilizer. So I'm always catching two angles. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> Now with the uh with the weddings, are you still using the uh the shotgun mounted uh microphone or are you using externals? Um, no, so what I do for sound at the weddings, I usually uh mic up the groom with a lavalier mic. I have a wireless um road mic that I put on him, and then I um I also will plug into the uh DJ soundboard with a zoom mic. And um then I also have the shotgun mic just for can never have too many backups so i always have the shotgun mic on too i'm always getting three three versions of the sound and i always always use whichever one's best between the lavalier mic and the soundboard sure yeah that makes sense i have the um uh what is it Tascam uh dr 100 i think they're called okay uh, that's gonna drive me nuts hold on one second let me find out what this is yeah there it is uh Tascam dr 10 l um, okay. There are little uh, lav mics um, that you can put on the bride, the groom, and the uh, the you know the officiant, um, and uh, they they all they all record to their own separate hard drives. So there's okay. no um, like audio interference with wireless systems. Oh, that's nice. Um, and they're so small, discreet, lightweight. Um, they've got locks on them. 
So uh, this isn't a plug, by the way, for Tascam. It's just, <laughs> it's just <laughs> something that I found works awesome, um, and they're super cheap. They're um, I think they're like one hundred and ninety nine dollars. Okay. Um, and you can buy a couple of those, throw them on the bride, groom, and officiant, and um, and then I'll use the the Zoom H six um, to plug into the soundboard, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, just phenomenal pro- products, man. That's uh, and then of course you know using the shotgun mics, like you you know you use the uh, the Rode um, Pro. Uh, yeah. I don't know I why I'm them. going blank yeah. today, man. Wow. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, that's awesome, man. And then um, while we're on the subject of gear, um, you are probably one of the few photographers in this area that are uh, that are using Sony. Um, yeah. How are you? How are you liking that? I love Sony. I mean, I just love the low light. The reason I got my Sony was because I have an A7S II, and then I also have a, a A6300. But I really went to Sony because of the low light capabilities and. Uh, with weddings and working some of those receptions, it can get pretty dark and I needed that. So, uh, the low light was really the key factor in me buying the Sony. Um, and then I had the a seven, so I had the a seven S two first, and then I got the a six 300, which is just like probably like your T six size and those equivalent type cameras to Canon, you know, but, right. uh, all the, the colors and all the, like the, uh, picture profiles match to my a seven. So I can throw those up on an interview and not have to, mess around and post too much with color correction yeah that's awesome man how do you uh how do you feel about uh nikon and canon coming out with these uh mirrorless cameras now and giving sony a little run for their money yeah i mean about time that they try to catch up and really like cared about filmmakers because like canon canon honestly has really nice uh cameras for video nikon has really been the slacker but also can't really talk too much i've never even really used a nikon camera just I just know that from like what I've looked up and purchasing, you know, but, um, yeah, I, I'll have to take a look at the Canon, uh, mirrorless. We'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, I know that, uh, I mean, you know me, I'm a Nikon guy and, um, you know, Nikon came out with the, the Z seven first and, uh, I was like, yeah, it looks all right, but it's kind of like the D eight fifty, and, um, it's really not what I'm into. Um, but then, uh, they came out with this Z6, they, they dropped the information for the Z6 and, um, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, man, like it's, it's on par, if not, dare I say better, um, you know, than, than some of the Sony's that are out there. I mean, it's on, on, um, in line with like the, what do you guys have? The A7R3 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You say that, is that good? Uh, it's dude, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, what's their price point? I'm sorry. What's their price point? Uh, I believe right now for the camera and a kit lens, um, I think it's like 2300. That's not terrible. Which That's is, not... which is again in line with the Sony's. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the, awesome. It's actually more than way more than that. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Way more. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the Nikons, they, they have, with the newest update, they now have something similar to IAF, um, which has been the biggest reason why people are going to Sony is because of that IAF. I mean, it's, it's insane. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, Nikon nice. finally figured that out. Um, Canon also did with their newest update, but I don't know if it's, uh, you know, I don't know how, <laughs> how good it is quite yet. Oh, yeah. When I... 
that was the biggest thing with like the Sony's and like the newer cameras was, was the stabilization, like especially in camera. I can walk around handheld, and if I'm holding, if I have fairly steady hands when I'm walking around shooting stuff, and it barely looks like it's off a tripod or a stabilizer sometimes. And like my Canon 70D, taking going from the 70D to my A7S2, that was that was huge. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's one of the 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 uh, areas where Nikon's starting to shine is um, the new Z6 and the Z7, actually, they all have, um, they both have five axis um, image sensor, in image sensor shift um, actually on the, uh, the sensor. Um, so the sensor is kind of like on a, um, on like a shock mount, essentially. Yeah. And it's a uh, five axis. I mean, it's, it's nuts. I mean, you can run around with it and uh, it gives you nice smooth video, um, you know, 4k 30, um, and then I can't remember what the bit is. If you hook it up to an external, um, recorder, probably, probably 10 bit or something. Yeah. It's, it's something nasty. <laughs> yeah. I remember that was like, that was the big thing. Um, I'm not much of a video guy, but, um, I definitely think I'm going to be picking up the C6, excuse me. And, um, getting into it. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I'm waiting for the, uh, I'm waiting for Sony to come out with their, a7s3 whenever that that should be rumor says it be coming out first quarter of this year but sony really hasn't said anything about it so i'm not i don't have my hopes up for that but uh i can't i'm just gonna stick with sony because then i'll have three sony cameras all the picture profiles will match and just it keeps my post-production work down to a minimum rather than sitting there playing around going back and forth trying to master color of a canon and a sony or a nikon and a sony you know what i mean oh sure yeah that's the only reason why i haven't switched over to sony myself um mm. you know because I, I i love the color science of sony um you know i think that the low light capabilities that i get out of my nikon 7, d750 are pretty comparable to sony's yeah. um but the the color science that sony has um the you know iaf um you know and of course the video quality was making me think about jumping ship and um you know now that now that the the ISO range for the Z6 is, uh, I think it's like negative four to seventeen EV, um, oh, wow. which is nuts. Um, I mean, that's that's on Sony level. Um, yeah. You know, plus the video features that are on it and everything else. I mean, I already have all the the Nikon glass, um, so it'd yes. just be silly to switch at this point. You know. Yeah, that was that was the biggest thing. So that's I had some really nice Canon glass, but I just had to get one of those MetaBens adapters. But the only problem with using like the MetaBones adapters and stuff is like the autofocus is shit. Honestly, it doesn't work that well. So I'm, I don't really use my Canons all that often unless I'm doing like interviews or like uh, more like stationary work. Because I used to do, I used to shoot everything manual focus, but Sony, I, I kind of switched more over to autofocus a lot of the time because Sony's autofocus is so quick. And then it's just, it's one less worry of me when I'm running and gunning on whether or not stuff is in focus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. But, um, I forget where I started that. I was going to go somewhere else with that, uh, that little rant, but <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, we're, uh, we're, we're all friends here. We can, <laughs> you can go wherever you need to go with it, man. <laughs> so, but, uh... That's cool, yeah. man. Um, so Sony guy, um, you're using uh road mics, correct? Yeah. Okay, so road mics and uh you just have a regular shotgun on top or 
Uh, yeah, Road Shotgun Mike. Uh, for the lavalier, I have the Road Filmmaker Kit. That was like when I got those wireless lavalier mics. That, that was like two years ago. It was like eight hundred dollars, and now they're down to I think like four hundred or five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, just about. Um, that's one thing with this industry, man. All the equipment prices, like it comes out with something new and it's like really good, but the price drops within a year so much. Sure. And and that's and another thing with keeping up with this industry is keep buying the equipment that's so expensive equipment. Like right. And when you're selling these jobs, people don't understand how much equipment you're bringing out to a set or like what all is involved with the behind the scenes of it all, like charging all your batteries, making sure all your equipment's ready for a shoot. And then handling all the footage afterwards, putting on your computer, all the hard drive space that I have used up with people's footage. Like that's, I mean, my hard drives, I have 22 terabytes of hard drive storage sitting on my dresser right now. Like yeah. it's crazy. I believe it. All that, all that money adds up so quick. Like when I'm walking around with my camera bag on, if someone were to steal my camera bag, that'd be my life right there. I have business insurance, but you're taking pretty much everything I'm worth. Absolutely. But, but you know, I, I do want to just make sure that we clarify one thing here because um, I think what you're saying was correct, but it's also kind of loaded and a little bit dangerous for pe- for some people that are listening to this. Yeah, what, what um, It's although nice gear does sell jobs um, and, you know, being able to say, you know, yeah, I shoot Sony, you know, because Sony's such a huge name. Um, you know, when these, when these people are getting started, um, which some of the people who listen to my podcast and have called in and, you know, left messages, they, they are literally just getting started. I mean, you can buy a cheap Canon or a cheap Nikon or, um, you know, a used Sony that wouldn't be super expensive. Um, you know, and a kit lens, you know, an F4 kit lens, and oh, yeah. if you have the eye and if you have the persistence, you can go out there and sell the same jobs. The, the oh, you know, the quality to a photographer is obviously going to look different. You know what I mean? A, a, a trained photographer can look at it and sometimes and say, you know, OK, that was that was not a high end camera, um, you know, based off of, uh, you know, noise or um you know, tilt shift or, or something silly like that, you know? Right. Um, but to the average person, um, you know, there's, uh, I forgot his name. There's a guy in California who's literally shooting weddings professional. He's, I think he's $5,000, um, to start. He's shooting these weddings on multiple iPhones. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's insane what you can, uh, they have, they have film festivals just, for movies shot on iPhones and things like that. It's, it's insane what some of these kids can do. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, and yeah. the, that's the point that I'm trying to make is that like you can, you can do everything, you know, someone who's listening to this can do anything that you're doing currently for the oh, most yeah, part. Um, I, I shot, I shot a wedding uh, one time. I didn't even realize I was going to be shooting the wedding by myself. I was shooting it for this guy that usually he would be there as well with his camera and stuff. I went there and all I had was my Canon 70 D and uh a dji osmo that i had and um he didn't he didn't get there he wasn't there he didn't even tell me he was going to show up as one of the last times i worked with this guy by the way um oh, i'm sure but i so i shot the whole wedding i had my 70d on the tripod i shot the whole wedding with the dji osmo and the osmo i mean it's a nice camera like the osmos are great dji has makes great products but that's not a dslr it's not a professional great camera per se you know but i shot the wedding fine 
Right. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing I always try and drive home on this podcast is that, you know, it's not necessarily about the, the having the best gear or, um, you know, whatever the, what it, what it ultimately boils down to is you need to have the desire. You need to have the vision. If you don't have the vision, yeah. I don't care if you have a $10,000 camera or a $10 camera, you're just going to suck. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? There are some people that are, that are, um, that have the eye for this. Um, and that, you know, that can frame things up. I mean, there's a reason why, why movies, they have photography directors. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. absolutely. Like this guy's only job or girl, their only job is to frame movies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it, it's nuts, but, but yeah, you got to have the eye for it, but it doesn't really, the gear really doesn't matter to a certain extent, you know? Yeah, it does. It really does. Like, you, you could start out with anything like, what even really got me into uh, my first camera where I could play around with the ISO and stuff was like that was a, a GoPro Hero 4. Oh, sure. That's when I really started playing around with like all time lapses and all sorts of stuff like that. And uh, that's really what got me into it. And then that's when I was like, I need a DSLR. I need a better camera than the GoPro now because the GoPro is shaky. You know what I mean? Sure. You can always, there's always going to be better equipment out there. There's always going to be someone with better equipment. There's always going to be someone willing to do the jobs for cheaper than you might be willing to do it. But if you have the passion and you have the drive, you're going to, you're going to make it. Absolutely. And, and, you know, um, just to kind of wrap up the, uh, you know, you don't need the best equipment, uh, speech. Um, you know, one thing for me personally, I've been starting to, uh, get into like film photography, uh, okay. because I noticed that when I shoot shows, especially, um, you know, I'll, I'll go through probably a thousand pictures. Um, sometimes for just one band, I mean, I just, it's just rapid fire Oh yeah. and, you know, just trying to get that perfect shot every single time. And with film photography, you know, you got what, 24 shots <laughs> to get it right. Yeah. And, you know, you really have to be more picky choosy with it. And, you know, film photography, you don't get all the fancy ISO features from a DSLR or, you know, vibration reduction or anything like that. Oh. Um, and most nine times out of 10, it's manual focus. You know, that kind of takes yeah. it back to your roots, you know? Oh, yeah. Makes you appreciate digital a hell of a lot more, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I've got a, a ever-growing collection of uh, antique uh, cameras, film cameras now, um, you know, running like 120 film, uh, 620, 35-millimeter. Um, you know, I got like old, uh, some old Polaroid land cameras and a whole bunch of stuff here at the studio. It's pretty, uh, pretty interesting. I'm trying to get back into it. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, and then to uh I know we're jumping around a little bit here, but to jump back to what you said with the uh the money, you know, there's always somebody out there that that's gonna charge less than you or, or more than you or whatever. Yeah. You know, one thing I wanted to say to that and piggybacking off of what you said earlier with um, you know, you started charging more money and getting more work. Um, you know, some people kind of think that those don't go hand in hand. And what I've found personally is that when I was offering stuff for free, um, it was great in the beginning. And then eventually it started to turn into um, not getting work, you know? Yeah. And then when I started charging for it, I started getting more work. Like people, they they fight you on it at first, but then they, they kind of, they, they understand that you have value, you know? And I think once you build that value, it... Um, you know, you could charge whatever you want. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, the way I always say it, like, cause I know other people, cause people always ask me like, how do you get, how do you like charge or how do you make money out of it? I was like, what I always tell you was like, people are going to accept free work as long as you're willing to do it. People aren't going to just offer to pay. Most people aren't going to offer to pay you money. You know, I've had some people say, no, I'm, I'm going to pay you, you know, and that those people are awesome. They obviously understand what it's like to do some free work and not get paid for things. But majority of people out here will take the free work as long as you're willing to give it. And if you're, if you don't have the balls to ask for a budget, but usually my, one of my first questions, someone asks me um, if I'm free to shoot or something like that. Is I ask, what's your budget? Yeah. Do you have a budget? Yep. And, and then if they just say, Oh, sorry. Like I was looking for it for free. Then it's like, I'm sorry, man. Like I can't do that. Especially now. Like, and, and also it depends on like some of the bands, it depends on how big they are too. If it's like a good trade for exposure versus the cheap or free work, then by all means do it. But if it's a band that hasn't even started their Facebook page really yet and they need, they need content, then I mean, you gotta, you gotta pay to play a little bit, you know? Right. Well, you always gotta, you know, with any business there, there always has to be some kind of give and take, you know, you can't yeah. give your services away for free. And then, you know, have these people, um, you know, excel on it. It just doesn't yep. work like that. You got to be able to trade value in some way. Yep. That's awesome, man. I mean, I'm glad that you uh, uh, kind of brought that up because that's something that we really haven't or I really haven't talked about um, on the podcast quite yet is that that whole money thing. Um, but, you know, it's it's 100 percent the truth, man. Like you got to like you said, you got to pay to play. Yep. And it's hard, like, because when you first, like, especially me, when I first started doing this stuff, I was like, oh, wow, $100 for this or like that. That's a lot of money for just doing something I love. And then as it got to be more and more like, this is a business, like I got back end, I got to pay insurance, I got to pay taxes, I got to pay my equipment, I got to pay the gas and stuff to get everywhere. I got to pay this, this back end stuff that you got to do. There's all your time, time is money as well. You know, all that stuff adds up. And if if you're helping everybody out, you're just going to wear yourself thin and you gotta, you gotta have a, a balance there, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Um, so what, uh, what kind of stuff do you have coming up now? Um, I know you said you do a lot of, uh, weddings, real estate, um, you know, music, stuff like that, but do you have anything fun and exciting coming up? Uh, fun and exciting. Frozen Harbor. February 22nd and 23rd. Yeah, I'll be there uh, with you. Hell yeah. Um, Frozen Harbor. Um, I'm sure I'll work Doe Fest again this summer. Um, got weddings lined up, a little bit of real estate stuff. Uh, probably go on the road with higher education when they hit the road a couple of times this year. Um, but other than that, man, just trying to keep doing what I'm doing, keep building my pages, keep building my brand. And uh, yeah, I mean, nothing super exciting as that I can think of right now at the top of my head, but that's awesome, man. So, uh, you're, I guess is, uh, Rachel booking you for frozen Harbor. Uh, yeah, well, Frank just, I just talked to Frank, but yeah, I know Rachel too. We actually did a uh, tour of Calta down on the East Eastern shore, not too long ago together. Oh, okay. That's cool. So, uh, and then as far as Doa Fest goes, I'm not really too familiar with that. Um, I know um, Higher Ed played that last year, right? 
Yeah, I think that, I think higher ed's played that four years in a row now. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, Joe Fest for the first time, I think it's now been three years ago with higher ed. And then uh, I met the people that organize it and run it. And they actually run uh, two festivals. They run Shinsara Festival and Doe Fest, both in uh, Luray, Virginia. And I've done uh, all their highlight and like marketing videos for the last two years. Um, yeah, it's a cool little festival. Doe Fest is music and like, uh, they have a river with all these rafts. One of the stages is on the river. It's really cool. And then uh, Shansara Festival is more of like a yoga and like chill, real chill reggae festival. But that's pretty cool. Really cool. Yeah. What, uh, what kind of bands are at Doa? Uh, Doa is like um, jam band, higher eds, like probably your more. I love higher eds music. They're like different from a lot of people in a ways, but still similar. Like how I describe them as a uh, punk rock. Uh, or psychedelic punk rock reggae. Um, <laughs> That's pretty close, yeah. Yeah, like they go all over the place. But uh, most of the other bands are like jam bands and uh, your your typical reggae bands. That's cool. Yeah, like uh, like like roots rock, like roots reggae, not like uh, your like bumping uglies reggae. Right. Yeah, not like reggae rock, but roots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, higher ed's really cool with their uh, their style of music and, and the the contrast between Danny and um god why is his name escaping me uh his brother Petey yeah jeez yeah. good lord um the contrast between them when they go back and forth with singing um mm-hmm. is just is just incredible and then you know how they switch off instruments um you know going back and forth it's very like uh to me uh kind of like sublimish you know, with, with the way that they, they run their live show. It's pretty, pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I love it, man. They're, uh, they're an awesome group of guys, awesome music. Um, and they, I mean, I can't, I got to shout them out again. Cause like they really gave me a leg up into this, like definitely like the Maryland music scene and the whole reggae scene. So, uh, they really took me in as family when I first started out. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Shout, shout them out. Give them uh if you got their, uh, you know, socials, if you happen to know what their socials are, call it out. Uh, at highereducationband.com and at higheredu band on Instagram. Give them a follow. They got more music coming out this year, and they got four independent albums out already on all your streaming platforms. Wow. That's incredible. Are you their manager? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's uh, Dwayne's their manager, right? Yeah. Yeah, Dwayne is. Yeah, he's a good dude. I like him. I've uh, met him a few times. Mm. That's awesome, man. Yeah, um... I first saw Higher Ed, I think it was uh, Frozen Harbor two years ago. I think that was the uh, the first time I got introduced to them, and uh, that was when PD still looked like Jesus. Um, I guess he's growing <laughs> his hair back out now though too, right? Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I think his plans to keep growing it out and just keep donating his hair every time it gets to what like ten inches, I think. That's what it awesome, is man. Yeah, they're such good dudes, man. Uh, I'm really uh, really happy that I know them. Yeah, actually, so, yeah, let's go back to, like, how I got into, like, this side of the music scene. I used to work in uh, Ocean City, Maryland, and um, when I was working at Mackey's, we had a uh, music festival there one day, and it was um, Bumpin' Uglies, Higher Education, Pasadena, uh, I think Mike Pinto was there that year. Oh, I love Mike Pinto. Uh, Yeah, so, like, it was pretty cool, and it was, like, it was my work, so I kind of got to talk to a couple of the bands, like, I just... I was like, it kind of opened me up to a lot of new music that I didn't even know was in Maryland and to 
top it off, they're all from Maryland, you know? Right. And uh, so that's really when I got the idea, I was like, dang, I want to be part of the scene a little bit. Like, I want to help promote it. I want to help get these guys known. And um, so, oh, yeah, and Day on the Z-Buzz was there. Day on the Z-Buzz was actually the first band I really shot. And I, it was just with my GoPro. I just hit him up on Facebook. I was like, yo, like, I'd like to come out and shoot you guys at uh, Beggar's Island, I think it was. And then they were at Pickles and stuff. I kind of started shooting Day on the Z-Dubs. And then um, Higher Education was doing the runs with them. So that's really how I got to know Higher Education before I even graduated college a little bit. But um, they probably didn't even really know who I was, to be honest, then. <laughs> but then uh, when I got out of college and I started really taking it more seriously, um, that's when, like, I hit them up again and, started going to the shows and really got involved. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a great come up story, man. It really is. Um, you know, coming out of college and, and doing it, you know, part time to, um, to now, you know, being as successful as you are with this and, and only still growing. I mean, that's just, uh, yeah, I'm such an awesome come up story, man. I definitely, uh, I definitely come a long way from where I'm at, what where from where I started, you know what I mean? But I definitely don't even consider myself successful yet. Cause I'm still, I'm still struggling. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the struggle, uh, struggle makes the man. Oh yeah. So it makes, it'll be all worth it in the end. That's the truth. And, you know, like I said, uh, you know, you're doing something right. Um, what do you got? Uh, almost 12,000 followers on Instagram. Um, and those out of those 12,000 followers or almost 12,000 followers, um, they're extremely active on your posts, um, which is, which is incredible. I wish I had a little more, uh, interaction on mine. So I may have to talk to you sidebar about that, how you get them to be so interactive, but, <laughs> yeah, it's um, hard. It's, uh, usually how, like how I built my Instagram page up is when I work with uh, certain bands. Uh, well, when I post a video on that band or like say an interview or even like a picture or something like that, I'll go to their page and one of their last pictures, usually that band will have a couple hundred likes. I'll follow their fans. And then usually most of them will follow me back if they care about, if they like the page and like the stuff I'm covering, which if they are active on the band's pages I'm covering, I'm sure they're going to like my page most of the time. So that's really how I built up my Instagram following on that. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Facebook, um, the book of faces, you've got, uh, what is it? 20, almost 2,500, um, yeah, that, I'd say Facebook's like the biggest, like, um, if you want to see like my actual following, that's like the one where it's more accurate. Instagram, I feel like is a little bit beefed up. So you're starting to get a little bit more fake, like profiles occasionally and stuff. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I I think that Facebook too is also kind of a, um, kind of a an ill indicator for for our profession for photography and videography. Um, you know, I think having twenty five hundred followers on Facebook is is even more phenomenal for us, um, because we really can't tell our stories through Facebook as easy as we can through Instagram. Right. Um. So f your numbers on uh, on Facebook are just phenomenal. Um, you know, your YouTube channel is, is doing exceptionally well. Um, I need the subscribers up people. Go give me a subscribe on YouTube. Oh. <laughs> Start getting those, uh, those verified icons next to your, uh, socials. Right. One day. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, um, 
I, I, I really just can't say enough good things about you, man. Um, you know, I really haven't known you all that long. Um, we really haven't had a lot of, uh, time to, uh, to kind of get down. Um, cause it seems like every time I see you, we're both working the same event. Um, right. but, uh, but from what I do know of you, um, you know, in the times that we have talked, um, including today, you've, you've always been super nice. Um, you know, you've always had a, a very, uh, I know it's, uh, no pun intended, but you've always had a very positive vibe about you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's always fun showing up to an event and seeing you there because I know that there's not going to be that typical, um, I guess, struggle in the photo pit. Oh, um, uh, yeah. yeah and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Like the people that just stand there for too long in one spot. Um, I'm or, a mover. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have, <laughs> I have ADHD. So. Yeah, exactly. Same here. Like, I'll stay in one spot if I know that something big is coming up for a band that I've already talked to. Yeah. Um, you know, like if they tell me ahead of time, hey, um, you know, the chorus of this song, we're doing a jump, you know, then mm-hmm. I'll stay in one spot to kind of catch that. But I'm typically running, gunning for the most part. Yeah. Um, unless something interesting is happening, which, you know, which doesn't happen every show for sure. Um, right. but, uh, but yeah. And then, you know, just the, the, the vibes in the pit, you know, have always been, uh, super good with you. Um, you know, there really isn't any kind of like tapping you on the shoulder or, you know, you and I kind of just float around each other, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I've never really, there's definitely, I've never really had too many people like where I feel like I'm running in the running into them and stuff a lot. But I mean, then again, I guess I've, I'm usually pretty cautious of the fact, like, I'm always nervous I'm going to be getting in people's ways as it is. So I, like, try to stay up people's ways. But, like, usually people are pretty good about that. The more I've run into, like, some photographers at certain places, like, they don't seem very opening to another person being there shooting, you know? Oh, no, I, not at all. I never, like, I never really understood that. It's like, man, we probably have completely different followers on Facebook. They're never going to see my stuff, and my people are probably never going to see your stuff. Like it's only helping the band out to give them more exposure on all of our pages. If there's a second shooter there, so be it. Like let them shoot, you know? Right. Well, also another thing too, is that, uh, for you, especially, um, or at least the shows that I've worked with you on, um, you know, you've been there actually working, not there as a, a free photographer. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. When it's like, when I'm getting paid, like, I have no problem, like, walking in front of people because I need to get the shots, you know? Right. right. Well, that that's one thing that I don't think a lot of people understand is that, um, you know, so I just shot a show. Um, God, it seems forever ago now. I guess it was maybe a month or so ago. Um, I shot a Treyu at uh, Baltimore Soundstage. That's dope. Um, and I was hired to shoot that show, and there were, like, 11 photographers in the pit. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> you know, typically that doesn't, that doesn't really bother me. Like I'm a bigger guy. Um, but I can still kind of dip dodge and morph my way through the pit. Yeah. Um, but there was this one person, um, I don't want to get too involved. I actually have another uh, interview tomorrow with one of the people that were in that pit. (laughs) Um, and I don't know if this person knows the other person, so I'm just going to keep it at that. There was a person, (laughs) Um, that was there that probably should not have been there, um, between the gear that they were using, um, 
you know, and just their pit etiquette. Right. And uh, there was one point in time when I was really, really trying to get some shots um, from center stage. And this person was just standing there and sometimes with the camera down. And that's the that's like my biggest pet peeve in the pit is like, if you're going to put your camera down, get out of the way. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, I, I kept on like, hey, hey, can I get in here real quick? Hey, can I get in here real quick? And they just would not let me in. And finally, I was just like, you know, what? I, I'm sorry. I got to push my way in. And they got really upset with me. And, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I had to get the shots. Um, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. You gotta be but yeah, coming full circle, that's why I like shooting with you. Because <laughs> you and I, we uh, <laughs> float around each other and typically don't have issues. Oh, um, yeah, man. So, and like I said, you've always been super cool. Um, super nice guy, so... Thanks, man. You too, dude. I can't wait to shoot Fresh and Harbor with you. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know? Uh, do you know where you're shooting yet? Has have you been given the assignments? I'm just gonna be doing a highlight video of like the whole thing. So I'll be running around, just getting footage from mostly the main stages, and then a little bit from some side stages. But I'll That's be awesome. all over. Cool, man. Um, all right. Well, uh, looks like we've been at this for almost an hour now. Um, definitely doesn't feel like it. But yeah, uh, do you? Uh, do you have anything? Um, that you want to, excuse me, uh, anything that you want to talk about before we, uh, before we dip out here? Um, no, I think I'm good. Just, uh, anybody listening, go give me a follow on Instagram and Facebook at positive vibe media and, uh, give me a subscribe on YouTube. That's what I'm really trying to work on is building up that YouTube presence. Cause I think that's the hardest thing to build up. Um, but I'll be releasing new interviews and, uh, live performances and stuff all year with different bands that I link up with. So, uh, yeah, go give us a subscribe and keep up with it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, everybody for sure do that. Um, you know, we, we all need to kind of stick together with this because we are considered, I guess, kind of the last thing that people, uh, especially bands think of at shows. Um, you know, they think they can get their friends with iPhones to, to do video and, um, you know, photography, and uh, they they don't like paying us, so we got to stick together for sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, that is another thing. Like if anybody that's trying to get in the industry, don't think you're going to get paid right away. And uh, I mean, you can, but like, you got to put some free work into there and some cheap work. Um, it's hard, but if you get if you get established and you love it, it you're going to have fun doing it. Yep, absolutely, man. Cool. Um, well, once again, man, um, from the bottom of my heart, I, uh, I thank you for, uh, for taking time out of your night to, uh, to sit here and talk to me and, um, you know, kind of give us some insight into your background and, uh, you know, how positive vibe got started and, um, you know, where you're going with it, which is only up from here, um, as far as I can see. And, yep. um, you know, like hey, I said bye. before, you're a super nice guy and, uh, you know, I look forward to, uh, shooting with you at Frozen Harbor in a few weeks. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, dude. I really appreciate it. Uh, I was surprised. Like no, Most people don't really want to talk to the tires or videographers and stuff, but this is really cool. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, man, we all got to stick together. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure you can attest to this, that there really isn't much out there for us as far as, like, learning. Um, you know, there's, there's some YouTube influencers that uh, can kind of get you started in the right direction, but... Um, you know, when like Adam L. Macias, when he, when he was doing his, uh, 
you know, tips and tricks videos and he was doing his like, uh, what's in my camera bag videos. Those were cool. Um, but they've kind of fallen by the wayside. He hasn't really been doing them much recently and there really isn't much else, you know? Yeah. Um, there's one guy that I've followed for a long time, uh, Jacob Owens. He does a ton of music videos and, uh, yeah, I've he, seen him. Uh, he, he, he does a lot of tutorials online. Um, but then, I mean, I usually learn stuff one thing at a time. Like there would be something I want to learn. So I'll go on YouTube and look for that specific thing. And just, like each tutorial, you're going to learn a tiny bit. You might pull one thing out of each tutorial, but it is super frustrating and annoying sometimes looking for what you need to figure out through all those tutorials online. So there's a million of them, but not all of them are quality and not all of them are actually telling you the right stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> and, uh, and also along with that is, um, I don't really know how to say it in the nicest way possible. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm just not going to say it. I'm just not going <laughs> to say it. Um, there's, there's some, uh, some YouTube people that are out there that are spewing a whole bunch of, uh, very nasty things. Um, uh, and kind of, I think making photographers look bad, um, mm -hmm. you know, that are, that are in our industry. Oh yeah, there's a ton of stuff on YouTube too with like photographers or videographers like uh, selling software, not softwares, but like uh, plugins, like LUTs or your um, filters and things like that. They're like custom or whatever. But uh, I think a lot of those, like you should just edit your own pictures, find your own color, and do it that way because you're just gonna be your style is never gonna look exactly like that person's that you're watching on their tutorials. It's all for them just make a little bit of extra money, you know. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And then if you, if you, uh, if you try and constantly, uh, mimic, you know, these, these juggernauts, if you will, in the photography world, you know what I mean? Like the Matt Grangers, the Peter McKinnons, um, uh, God, who else? Mike Brown, Chase Jarvis. Um, I mean, we can, we can go on forever. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, even, even guys like Jared Poland, you know what I mean? Like he's, uh, He's not necessarily quote unquote concert photography, but uh, he does touch on the subject every once in a while. But, you know, if you try and constantly mimic these people, um, you know, you're never going to be happy because, you know, these guys have been doing it for, you know, 15, 20 years. Some of them more oh, than yeah. that. Like, I'm, I'm still learning stuff on my camera and I've had this A7 now for close to two years. Like, I'm, I'm still learning stuff. Sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. So... But uh, anyway, yeah, man, uh, it was it was amazing talking to you, and uh, I definitely learned a whole bunch of new stuff about you that I didn't know before, which is awesome. And uh, I'm sure that uh, everybody listening to this is gonna come away with it or come away from it, um, you know, with some good insight from you. Oh yeah, uh, I hope so. I hope yeah. I didn't ramble too much. No, man, it was perfect. We actually, uh, I like to shoot for about an hour um, on the podcast, and. I think we're at about 105 right now. Yeah. So, and that some of that was rambling in the beginning. So, before we even started uh uh really getting into it. So, when uh when you edit it down, what do you edit it down to typically like 30 minutes or however long pretty much they talk? Yeah, it, yeah, it all depends, man. I mean, um, you know, like I said, I I like to shoot for an hour and hopefully once it gets edited down, it'll be about an hour. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever feels right, you know, I mean, if we talk for an hour and there's, you know, 20 minutes of, of BS that doesn't really make sense, then, you know, I'll pull that out, 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. But, uh, cool. you know, and then, like, I, I talked to, uh, I guess I can say it now because your podcast isn't going to air for uh, for a little bit. Um, I think you're, I think you're about two weeks out okay. on this one. Um, but so, yeah, by the time this comes out, it's not going to be a surprise. I spoke with um, Howie from Ballyhoo on Monday um and he uh he dropped some pretty him and i talked and um i was asking him about ballyhoo's big surprise you know they've been kind of going back and forth on instagram and uh he told me what it was it was really cool and uh i was definitely stoked to hear it but you know something like that you know that was like a 10 15 minute conversation that i have to edit out but we talked on the phone for probably two and a half hours so it's still gonna be a solid um you know, at least hour, hour and a half uh, oh, podcast, yeah. which is going to be great. Awesome, man. Well, uh, once again, I appreciate it and uh, have a good night and I will see you at, uh, at Frozen Harbor. Oh yeah, man. Thanks again, dude. All right, buddy. See you. Peace.